If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, Three, two, Jeff Cameron Show live in Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC kickoff. Let me get you updated really quickly. So last hour, if you're just tuning in, you may have missed it. Uh, we had Mario Cristobal on, talked a little Miami football, and I admitted that I enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed uh, conversing with Mario Cristobal. He's, Didn't think I would. He's not afraid of speaking to why he made the changes he did, Yeah, both yeah. on the roster and in the coaching staff. I, I was Fairly forthcoming from a head coach. Usually they're extremely guarded, but he was willing to speak. Yeah, I appreciate it. He was uh, direct forward and seemed, um, you know, seemed like a good enough guy. Okay, that said, we're not rooting for Miami, though. Nope. If you missed that interview, it's available. Now, we're going to roll out throughout the day, and at the time you're watching this, it's probably some of the stuff's already come out because the breakouts were this morning, Tom. And for the m- local media. For yep. the local media. So we had the opportunity to talk to, to Mike Norvell and Jordan Travis and Jared Verse and uh, Kalen DeLoach. Kalen DeLoach, sorry. Sorry, Kalen DeLoach. Did, that was not. I, no, <laughs> no. I can hear it now. No, no. Sorry. Sorry. I forgot that they're doing three these days. Yes, Kalen DeLoach. Uh, and it was great. And so you'll get all those videos. And uh, obviously, Ira will be writing stories uh, about what they had to say. Really, it, we get, it's a glutton of uh, items that we have for yep. you here from ACC kickoff today. And so this stuff will last all through. In fact, for that reason, the interview that I did with Mike Norvell is not running on today's show, but running rather tomorrow's show, Tom. And that's what we have coming for you tomorrow yep. uh, is we it was going to get lost in the sea of video that yeah. everybody has access to today. 9.15 availability. He speaks before the TV stations at 
And then he speaks for 45 more minutes in the breakout room starting at 2 o'clock Eastern. So there's going to be over an hour of Mike Norvell's stuff. You'll get the procedural answers, but we're going to do a bit of a deep dive uh, in, in the interview that was conducted here on radio. Yeah, kind of like we did uh, a year ago when uh, I wasn't here, but I had him on the show and we yep. talked at length. And that was when we got him to reveal when practice was going to start. We now know that, by the way. And so, you know, that was that was a fun conversation. And, and Mike, you know, really is good about opening up. And I think he's gotten to where he trusts uh, certain members of the media. Certainly, I'm happy to be a part of that list. Uh, and also, I think he's he's always been really pretty candid with us. So this year, the difference is, of course, that Florida State is expected to uh, compete to win the conference. And uh, they really have never shied away from that. I, I don't think that uh, there's anything that you hear from Mike Norvell that leads you to think that they are worried about those expectations. Uh, they expect them. They want them. They I think it's fuel. I think, frankly, when you have a goal and you're you're closer to reaching that goal, you know, I'll, here's an example. I mean, we've all had physical goals, workout goals, whatever they might be. And you know, Tom's wife, Jamie, has run a marathon. I've never run a marathon. So Brand she, dopey. Yeah, so she trained for that marathon. Here's the deal. When you put in the hours, and it could be any physical thing, but I'm using this as an example of a great achievement because it is. When you put in the time, she has her long run days. She's got mm-hmm. to plan all these things out. And when race day comes, when it's a marathon day, I mean, you're nervous. I imagine you have butterflies, but you're not shying away from the moment of truth because you've put in all the time and the no. effort to get to that day. And that's the reward, as yeah, you like to say about the game. Yeah, the game's Because you get to see the sights. That's the whole point is you could run, anybody can run a certain length anywhere they want, but you go to destinations to right. do it because it's cool. And it's your just do. You've done right. this. You right. put in the work. Now here's your grand reward. You'll have this forever. You wouldn't walk away from that. Well, football coaches don't coach to be mediocre. Or they get fired. Yeah. You know, players don't go out there to play so that they can go seven and five, six and six. They're trying to win championships. They're trying to win, put themselves in a position to where obviously they better their stock in the NFL, uh, make a payday someday. Uh, they're hoping to win rings. They're hoping to win conference titles. They're hoping to win all American awards. The games give you those opportunities. You, when you get to a place where now the spotlight is brighter than it's been, uh, you relish it because of all of the blood, sweat, and tears that led up to that to that moment, but also to those expectations. So Mike Marvell has been remarkably consistent, wouldn't you say, in, in his approach from, you know, the day one before the pandemic yeah. to the present day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the number one uh, thing that he has going for him is that he's never really wavered with that. I've had occasion to talk to a few people who have been around the program over the years, and what they've told me, I find this interesting, is if it's a rivalry weekend, you know, a rivalry game upcoming, so it's the Monday of that week. Mm-hmm or it's a a high-profile game, you can feel a different intensity in him. It's not that his approach changes per se, but, you know, maybe you get that report in a couple minutes early because it's rivalry week and coaches really dialed in. Coaches are like that, and and he will be that way for LSU. But I just wonder if we might see a couple of signs that this season, with the stakes being higher, Mike Norvell already called attention to it at bowl practice when he said we expect to win championships. First time he's ever said that here. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the opening press conference, but not since that point. I wonder if you see, I don't think practice will change, but maybe sideline demeanor, a comment here or there. He's already declared this is different this year. So what does that look and sound like for him? I'll tell you what it sounds like. It sounds like the attention to detail, which has always been good, is enforced at a greater volume enforcement yeah it's enforcement because we saw in spring 
I think he recognized they were going the right direction. They were getting to a place that they were on the cusp of being mm-hmm. very good. And they were going to make additions. I don't know that they knew they were going to get Keon Coleman, let's say, but sure. they, but they were going to effort to make, uh, they, they were going to try and, and, and yeah. bring in people. The, the press conference after mm-hmm. spring, the game, mm-hmm. you know, the, or the, the showcase. Right. He did seem like, okay, we've done what, what we came here to yeah, do. That's correct. And yeah. so I yeah. thought I saw it in spring on occasion. He got hardcore one day on Johnny Wilson. Yep. And that was interesting to me because – Johnny Wilson kind of tried to jog away and he was like, no. And it wasn't even that Johnny was being disrespectful. I don't want to paint the wrong picture, but when you're being yelled at by a coach, you don't want to just sit there and get screamed at. You move to the the next, you know, in line, get back in line. Right, right, right. But he was followed by Mike. I saw Mike. (laughs) But Mike did that with a lot of guys this spring, guys that he expects more of guys that he's counting on. Yeah. You know, he yelled at Jordan one day, not at length, but he got yeah. on Jordan about something. He'll get on the support staff, too. It could be about the crowd yes. noise. It could be about the sequencing, the clock. You yes. know, they hold up the clock. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's happened a time. Yeah, but I think the frequency of that might it's go up. It's going up. Yeah, yeah. Because, listen, yeah. there is pressure. There yeah. is pressure. Last year, they had pressure to have a winning season. They had pressure to break out of this malaise of suck and move on into a realm that you could be happy to say, hey, we're at least a winning program going to bowls. And now we've got other goals that we can achieve because we've gotten past this very difficult time. We've elevated, we've raised the floor. All right. But once you do that, like I said, it doesn't get easier. It just changes those expectations. Now you got to have a big year. You got to win the conference, man. There is a very palpable sense that this is the time to win the conference, wrestle away power Mm -hmm. from Clemson at this point and go win some meaningful football games for the first time in a long time. Yeah, for what it does. I mean, we talk about the short term and the long term benefits of that. They're all obvious, but you've got to go do it. I mean, yeah. like, you, you set up this house of cards in a way. I'm not saying it's fake, but I'm just saying you, you've taken time to put yourself in this position. Put the last one on top, will you? Let's go. I think you'll see an intensely focused man, and I think it'll be that way throughout camp. And I think that obviously – it's aided by the fact or elevated by the fact that you play LSU out the gates and we know what a battle that's going to be. And the time is nearly upon us. It's a beautiful thing. Jeff Cameron show 93.3 real talk radio war chant TV as we broadcast from ACC kickoff here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, our partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it quite literally every single day. I began using AG1 because I'll be honest with you, I don't like to take a bunch of pills and vitamins and I just wanted something that tastes great, was quick and easy to remember. So I do it. I do it every morning when I wake up. I certainly have it right after my coffee and before I work out. And I will tell you this too, it is... um, a simple, effective investment for your health. You can try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash JCS. Again, that's go to, all you got to do is go to uh, drinkag1.com slash JCS. That's drinkag1.com slash JCS. Check it out. 
It's delicious. It's quick. It's easy. It's proven. Vitamins, probiotics, whole food source nutrients. Start your day with it. You'll feel better. I promise. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I watch the rain, it settled in, disappeared for days again. Most of us were staying in, lazy like the sky. Letters flew across the wire, filtered through a million lies, the whole world. from Chip Phillips, and we've documented that repeatedly. The Big Ten has the uh, same event going on, media days. Lucas Oil Stadium, the annual site for their conference championship game. Uh, players and coaches from seven different schools. This will take the stage each day, series of interviews, just documenting the, the similarities and everything for conference kickoff. And, uh, of course, last year, uh, there was a buzz, and it was confirmed with USC and UCLA yep. uh, making their way to the Big Ten, and now we go from there. Now, is Michael Alford out there? No, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, we're gonna break that. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren was a, a star in that mm-hmm. moment after the league shocked the college football world by saying, "Yeah, we're not playing any of this games where we're aligned with anybody. We're just gonna go ahead and bring in Southern Cal and UCLA. That's what we're gonna do." That was their announcement. If there was a deep fake and juke, wouldn't it be amazing if Florida State sent their sports info director to Charlotte to scan the surroundings It'd the be day before awesome. and throw everybody off, throw him off the scent? He was always sent here to keep everybody calm. Now, it's not going to happen, but that would be hilarious. Well, here's why I bring any of this up. I'm setting up the backdrop once again so you're reminded how these things can go, all right, as opposed to what just happened here. Here's how these things can go. Kevin Warren steps up, Big Ten Media Days, shocks everybody, announces the stunning addition of USC and UCLA, then from there discusses the merits of those additions, then goes on to say, hey, a few weeks later from there, Mm -hmm. they announced the Big Ten's new seven-year, $7 billion (laughs) TV deal. So this guy comes through as, uh, at the time, a rock star, and then he takes another job and uh, takes over with the Chicago Bears as president. All right, but nonetheless, that happened. That was a whole thing. Can you imagine being there, uh, covering the Big Ten, covering a school? I was here. Yeah, as that's happening. Meanwhile, we've got what we have here, <laughs> and we had what we had a year ago, and you compare and contrast the two and go, ooh. There, there were a lot of faces. moving in polar opposite directions, my friends. So first of all, on day one of the ACC kickoff, it's a little unfair because now it's a three-day event, so you're watering down the days. If it feels a little bit deader, it should be because you have – lesser teams here and i'm talking about the amount of them right but you saw a lot of people in these hallways around five o'clock on day one of the acc kickoff when that news came down with expressions like they saw a ghost just oh wow right so that happened now this year so again we're comparing and contrasting the acc kickoff to the big 10 kickoff from a year ago we already know what the sec does uh and then you have this year the commissioner of the ACC basically telling you, I can't talk about anything that's happening with my former place of employment. Northwestern this year will not be attending. The players will not right, be attending the, yeah. the Big Ten media days. And guess what? That big news, that firestorm, once again, 
directly impacts the ACC as the commissioner of the ACC is having oh, to deflect man. and talk about why it is he can't address these well, things. Well, between that, yeah, there are a lot of things he couldn't share. Remember, you know, he was asked about revenue generation, and he, and he talks about, you know, the eight-point plan, the conference is, is healthy. It Holistic is. approach. But he said, there are, we've also got some new things that we've got cooked up that I can't share with you right now, which to me sounds like Monday at a sales meeting that we've been at far too mm-hmm. often with that one guy or mm-hmm. gal who you know is just riding out the string on their guarantee, <laughs> and they know they're not going to meet their minimum. Yeah. So, oh, I've got some a few I've irons got some in the fire. out there. got some things. And then after the third week of that, the GSM says, oh, yeah? Like what and where? When will you go? I'd like to go with you. Can I go on that Can call? Can I talk to this gentleman? <laughs> yes. That's the thing. Specific. That's what I felt when he was on the post. We And he said it twice. We've got some other things that uh, announcements will be coming. It's, like, so, it's so funny dude. the way it plays out. As soon as you hear it, you're like, I don't believe you. That's correct. <laughs> I mean, think well, about that. Like, I'm not saying that guy's a liar. What I'm telling you is that's how desperately sad situation is here where my man says that and everybody goes, mm-hmm. well, it sounds just like last year when he said, I, you know, I've got an inkling that if Notre Dame is going to join a conference, it's going to be this one. Let me tell you, that's the energy he brought. Whereas today's like, no, oh, no, they were I'll, very blunt. They I'll, were very direct. I'll give you another one. Remember when Willie Taggart didn't get a single recruit to say yes at the position of quarterback. And when was asked about how it is that we have not recruited a quarterback and that it might be a good idea to get a quarterback in one of these classes, he told you he had a plan. We've got a plan. We've got a plan in place for quarterback. We've got a plan. I remember thinking, no, you don't. I don't believe you. I don't remember that. Oh, buddy, go back and check it. It's great. He didn't have – well, you do remember he didn't get a quarterback. No, I do remember that. No, just the plan Oh, he was asked about it. We've got a plan. We've got a plan. I think my brain doesn't allow me to go back to those days. I repeated in my head the words, I don't believe you. I don't think that you do. You're the same coach that currently sits one man down on his coaching staff. That's right. And you think it seems to be – you know, hunky dory. Oh, it's normal to be a man down on your coaching staff. That didn't seem normal either. It was all going terribly wrong. I it was forgot all, about that too. Oh yeah, yeah. Another coach just leaned up against the goalpost all day. That was. Da- I remember David Kelly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, did nothing. That's right. A whole lot of a lot of things, Tom, that were adding up to a problem. They were sounding the alarm. Yep. It was it was troubling. And so it, I you find feel that, the alarm is being sounded. Oh, buddy, I'm just it, it, it mirrors it. It echoes. It's there's the I don't believe you. I don't think that's true <laughs> going off in my head. I want to say that like, sir, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Just come keep telling us about women's soccer. That's fine. Tell us about the, the lacrosse and all the good stuff there. Yep, yep. Don't tell me you got some plan in place. You don't have a plan in place. You won't it believe exist. You won't believe the revenue we're about yeah, to generate. You, now yeah. I can't go into the specifics. <laughs> okay. And I really want to. Yes. In fact, I'm angry that we're not able to enumerate those specifics right here, right now. It was, trust me. it was announced last week, by the way, that Iowa defensive lineman Noah Shannon would not make the trip to Indianapolis. He was chosen of one of Iowa's three player representatives alongside defensive back Cooper DeJean and tight end Luke Leachy. Instead, uh, they're going to bring Jay Higgins. You know why? Because Shannon is one of 26 Iowa athletes across all sports under investigation for sports wagering. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can we just, okay, we were never in that situation where we could legally or close enough sports gamble in a way that you can today. You didn't have your phone or the internet to go on and, and say, mm-hmm. even if you were in a state that didn't allow it, let's find bet online and make it happen. If you don't bet on college football, can this be a non-issue? 
does this have to does this imply that these kids are betting on their own sports because if you're betting on college sports and it's not your own I get it. You might have a friend in the athletic department who's on the track team. Right, right, and right. And you tell that you, friend you on the track team. You can't bet on the school that you – you can't yeah, don't bet, bet on your own school. You can't bet on your own school. I would I would argue you just can't bet collegiate sports if you're a collegiate athlete. But how the hell are you going to enforce that? Like, I just think this is a total oh, waste. But I get back to this all the time, man. People do illegal things or unscrupulous things poorly. I'm not <laughs> yeah. even judging the act. You're saying, I'm saying yeah. you do this poorly. It's like the dude transporting huge amounts of weed in his trunk, driving down the interstate in the dead of night with his lights off. What are you doing? You're trying to get caught. This is not <laughs> difficult. Again, not even passing judgment on the fact that they're gambling. Right. I'm saying, okay, I got a buddy named Come Tom. On. Come on, Nate Newton. <laughs> what are we together. doing? Yeah. Right, yeah. guys. Your tag can't be expired if you're a drug runner. Right. We got to keep right. things on the up and up. Hey, it's at, hard enough. At least Jordan Addison didn't have an unregistered gun or right. some sort of I don't know uh, opioid. You right. know, yeah. when he's driving like box. driving right. at 140 miles right. an hour, yes, you better not have anything questionable in that car if you're going to go drive 140 miles an hour. And oh, by the way, as it turns out, it's, it's, it's for out, a dog. It's for a dog. And the second he said it, I went, "That's good, Jordan. That's good." Who <laughs> the Who's going to argue with that? <laughs> you think the PR firm? Oh, was buddy, all over I that was one? like, sir, you win. That's a, I'm adding it to the placards. It was for my dog. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if you had the dog with him. And whatever. if that's the case, then you really I'm win. I'm sure he didn't. I don't know. I don't know. It was a dog emergency. We don't know. Maybe the dog was in the back. But what I'm saying is that was a good one. As soon as I heard that one, I went, ooh, you're right. on to something there. 140 and a 55. We can, we yeah. can use this. We can use this. You don't it's understand. It's for my dog. The bond that my dog and I have. But the good thing is most people do. They do understand that bond. And they're like, I got you, man. Go ahead. Free to go on your way. My bond is so strong that I will nearly triple the speed limit. Let me tell you, not only will I triple it, you're going to give me an escort there because you feel the same compassion for dogs that I do. Come on, let's go. That guy would be like, yep, I'm in. Let's go. No, but back to this. Again, this shouldn't be hard, man. If, if okay, I'm uh, Jeff Cameron playing uh, safety at ETSU, and I got a friend named Tom Lang, and Tom says, hey, man, can you believe that Cowboys line? It's minus three and a half in Tampa. There's no chance you're taking that, are you? All right, buddy, you know what to do there. That's the end of the discussion. We've made the bet. We've made the bet. There's no tracing this. There's no chance. It's right. just a wink and a nod. It's a, I got you, buddy. We're in agreement. Yes. Mm. And then you find a friend of a friend that could be trusted. Maybe Very somebody easy. you know, but somebody you've never met that they know that they can trust. It's just not and hard. That's, I, and that's how it's done. 26 athletes? 26? What are you guys doing? Well, uh, I'm telling you that they're on a group chat. It's WhatsApp. It's Slack. It's it's iMessage. It's a group chat. It, those are the 26. It's got to be. Doesn't the what, WhatsApp disappear? Doesn't isn't encrypted? Isn't, isn't <laughs> well, that the whole thing? are using SMS yeah, messaging. Isn't that the thing? Or uh, <laughs> MMS messaging or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so nice. I would get caught. You know what? I've never had an affair, and I couldn't because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I wouldn't, but I couldn't because I'd get caught. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about these apps and the, you know. Well, like, we need to find, <laughs> who do we need to find for the PR firm? You've got to go acquire a talent. This is somebody. Who would tell me what, here's how well, this works? For the clients. For the clients who do. If we represent Rick Patino, oh. God knows. <laughs> what was the name of the website where all those guys got burned, they were married, and they would log into this website where women slept with married men? 
And then they, but they had to give like Adam and Eve. It it was something. It was, but it was a couple of years ago, like 10 years ago, probably now, or eight years ago now. It was hilarious. That story cracked me up because it was all these business data leak. And it was like all this data leak. And you're like, these those guys must have been like, oh, oh no, oh no, I've got an account. I've got an account. I'm screwed. That was the best. (laughs) I shouldn't have taken those long angle shots. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Jeff Cameron Show 933 Real Talk Radio. Greg Oden. What was the name of that thing? I'm going to find that thing. It wasn't Adam and Eve, but it sounds right. Like, on Adam and Eve. It's just like, oh, and they're using their real names. Ted Wilson, 1332 East Lake Drive. Yeah. Was he on Adam and Eve? He was on Adam and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Cameron showed 93 3 Real Talk Radio. War Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. It's a weird story. I'm kind of laughing about how it happened, but Michigan is going to be without Jim Harbaugh, or so it looks like, for four games. That's crazy. Yeah, the NCAA actually doing something is insane. Uh, Recruiting violations and lying to the NCAA investigators is what what he's charged with. So listen to this. Michigan and the NCAA are working on an agreement to suspend Harbaugh for the first four weeks of the year. That, according to Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports, he was the first to report the story. Now, here you go. This goes back to last winter. The NCAA was investigating Michigan for recruiting violations. First of all, that's hard to do, like to have recruiting violations (laughs) now. In a notice of allegations sent to Michigan last winter, the association cited four level two violations, including meeting with two recruits during a COVID-19 dead period. Mm -hmm. All right, got it. Including meeting with, uh, let's see, texting a recruit outside of an allowable time period. Mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure probably always happens, having analysts perform on-field coaching duties during practice and having coaches watch players work out via Zoom. Here's my question. How'd they get caught? I don't know, but I remember the speculation around Harbaugh and these violations back. Well, he lied during, during the interview. Correct. But during the playoff, they were talking about, is this it for him? You know, is he just going to leave rather than deal with the punishment? So, you know, it so many months go by with the damn NCAA that you think that nothing's ever going to come of it. Right. He pulled a Ronald Reagan here from back during the uh, the arms for uh, hostages uh, classic, or I should say Ollie North. He pulled an Ollie North. If you recall, North, <laughs> my, my young audience is like, what the hell are I'm we? I'm kind of like, what the hell are we talking okay. about? But yeah. So Ollie North ended up telling everybody <laughs> that um, he didn't trade arms for hostages when he did. And then when he got caught, uh, and he was directed to do so. And then when he got caught, he's, there were several times in which he was questioning. He said, I don't recall. I don't recall, mm-hmm. which is always the answer either presidents or whomever gives when they get in trouble. 
So the kicker to that story with Harbaugh was that he lied and was not truthful, quote unquote, during the investigation. Har- Harbaugh himself said before that he couldn't really recall the events that took place and he was never purposely dishonest. Lying during an investigation is a level one violation in the eyes of the NCAA. <laughs> sure that could lead to a six-game suspension, but it looks likely there will be a resolution of four games. It is believed if Harbaugh would have been forthcoming right away, the punishment could have been a slap on the wrist, but because he yes. lied, he got more. That Remember that's what I that remember was. that part of the story. They're like, dude, just admit it. These are small things. These are nothing things. Yeah, just, just say you did it and we move forward, and, and he was indignant. I always, yeah, he was indignant, and he said he couldn't recall repeatedly and probably thought nothing would become of it because the NCAA, well, you know, doesn't do much these days. Now, Correct. here's the thing. Again, I want to ask this question. You texted a recruit during the time you weren't allowed to text recruits. I don't know how that would get caught unless the recruit told the NCAA, right? Like, I don't know how that would happen. You'd, you'd have to have to show the Burn receipts. Burn bridge with a former assistant coach? Maybe, maybe. Then – from there, the, the meeting with two recruits during a COVID-19 dead period, I suppose if somebody saw you there, that could be something. That could also be like, look, compliance is supposed to operate independent of the program, but maybe mm-hmm. compliance slipped up and it's on a public record somewhere and they say, we got to eat this. I'm sorry. It's on an email. The you know, analyst, it's public record now. The analyst coaching in practice on the field. So, Florida State has analysts, and I've watched that very closely because it seems to me that it would be the easiest rule in the world to break and get away with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's such a stupid rule. Yeah. How can you be standing there taking notes, but then you can't talk directly to the player? You could talk, you know, it's just the whole thing is, is it's a charade. Yeah. All of this sounds to be that, but somehow he screwed this up just because he lied. Yeah. And they, at that point, were probably really out to get him because they knew he was lying mm-hmm. and they had countless others. That were saying that he was lying. Like, well, Jim was there. We know he was there. And he can't forget something he was at just a year ago unless he has dementia, in which case Michigan's in trouble. But, I mean, goodness gracious. They're in trouble, Mike. <laughs> but that's a four-game suspension. Now, I suppose what we should do is look at their schedule and see if that's going to matter at all. Frankly, I don't think it ever does. The yeah. the install and the game plan and, and those things happen all during the week. Game day, I'm not telling you that a coach doesn't matter. But I am telling you that perhaps on game day itself, a coach is a little overrated, a head coach. Okay. A little overrated. Everything that you were going to do and all of the contingency plans have been gone over for, I mean, at nauseum prior to that game. So all play calls, everything second and long to second and medium, second and short to third and long to third, all of that. Now, can a coach, you know, change his mind midway through the third quarter on a trend that he sees and he decides to impromptu deviate from these? Yeah, but so can his right-hand man, his offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't I, think it really changes. No, I think the value of the head coach is knowing the weakness of the coordinator or the play caller on either mm-hmm. side and knowing when they're panicking and knowing knowing the signs the on the signs headset. signs of panic. You hear it. You see it if they're physically on the sideline. You hear it if they're up in the booth. Yeah. And then you know because of your experience and your knowledge of that person that they're not seeing it right, and you've got to interject and, re, and redirect them. It's an interesting conversation because you can ask um, whether or not Michigan will, will, will suffer a setback in his absence. Like, do you think – because people, <laughs> people see that. Yeah. And they immediately think, oh, well, and being without your head coach is a big deal. And all I'm saying is it's not. No. And it's especially not when you play East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. 
So this will not matter at all. Him not being there really doesn't have as big of an impact on the game as one might think anyhow. And then when you're playing those opponents, it especially doesn't matter. Correct. And one might say that maybe the NCAA looked at the situation and said, here is low-hanging fruit for us to make it look like we have enforcement power. One might say that. But if they were playing as they are in 2024, they're playing Texas in week two. You think that'd be a four-game suspension if they were playing Texas in week two? I do not. I just I, it, what did Urban Meyer get for he didn't get did he get I'll, t- I'll look it up but I, I doubt it was four games. was it two I think it might have been two um, well you, you know if they for good measure if they had felt like it they could have given him Nebraska off as well they got Minnesota three games yeah three Urban games, Meyer, three games. for ignoring the uh, for, spousal abuse yeah yeah mm-hmm. no. he was indignant East Carolina UNLV Bowling Green Rutgers Nebraska. Minnesota, Indiana, Jesus, Michigan. This schedule's ass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read through this schedule now that you got me curious. <laughs> East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana. Okay, Michigan State. We'll see. Purdue. Good God. They sleepwalk through half yep. the schedule. Then they're at Penn State in November, maybe their first difficult game of the year at Maryland, and they close with Ohio State, they should accidentally go 10-2, worst-case scenario. Yes, they should be. Worst-case scenario. Uh, they should be 9-0 and as they travel to Happy Valley. And if they aren't, it's atrocious. And that's the same thing as last year. Remember their schedule last year? It was a cakewalk through the first six weeks. I remember in the previews, we were talking about it and looking at win totals, but then also just saying about perception. Everybody's going to believe Michigan is this juggernaut for the first month and a half. We'll see. They could be. They could very well end up being a juggernaut. But we're not going to know because they're not going to be tested until about Halloween. Let me ask you. So you keep that schedule up. Let's go right. tit for tat here. Is Michigan's schedule easier than that of Louisville's schedule? All right. Here <laughs> okay. we go. You ready? All Louisville right. week one, Georgia Tech. East Carolina. I think Michigan's got the tougher game. I don't. I think Tech's tougher. Okay. But it's close. That's close. It's very close. ECU in September is a different no. animal. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, Murray State for Louisville the following weekend. Uh, UNLV. No, Louisville's got it easier. Yeah, okay. Murray State. Okay. Indiana week three for Louisville. <laughs> Bowling Green. So. Michigan. No, Indiana uh, Indiana should be better than Bowling yes, Green. Yes. Okay, okay. So Louisville. Are you you're keeping count here? So, so Michigan's got the easier schedule so far. Two to one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's Boston College for Louisville. And Rutgers. Oh, isn't that perfect? It's the same they team. They should be in their own conference. It's the same team. It's the same team conference. They're Rutgers the, at Boston well, College. They absolutely should be. Yeah. Same game. So Syracuse in yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. All right. Then it's on. Okay, so here you go. Here's where we get to the point of, point of delineate, delineation. It's been a long day. Louisville, NC State on the road. There, now, that's, that's not okay. easy. All right. Michigan at Nebraska with Matt Rule. Year one. Too early. Yeah, okay. too early. Year one. So Michigan has it easier. They do again. Yep. Then Louisville hosting Notre Dame. Michigan at Minnesota. Michigan has it easier. They do. Louisville at Pitt. Michigan at who? Michigan hosting Indiana. Michigan, Michigan has, has it, it easier. easier. Yep. Duke at Louisville. Michigan at Michigan State. That's tougher. That's tougher. Yeah. Probably tougher. But still, Duke's not bad. No. Virginia Tech at Louisville. Uh, Purdue. I never, that's a wash. I never that's know. a wash. Yeah, yeah, I never know. Virginia at Louisville, they were ass last year. Michigan at Penn State. Louisville oh, has it easier. Yeah, yeah. Louisville at Miami. Michigan at Maryland. Mm, Michigan has it easier. <laughs> I don't know. It's about I, the same. I, I think Michigan has it easier. <laughs> Kentucky, uh, Louisville hosting Kentucky. 
yeah, Michigan has it harder with Ohio, Ohio State. State. So Michigan's toughest games are tougher than Louisville's, but week to week early on, Michigan has it easier than Louisville. I mean, we've made a lot of Louisville schedule, and we've rolled our eyes at Louisville schedule. I'm so what was Louisville's you. toughest game? Probably Kentucky at Notre the end Dame. of the year. Notre Dame. That maybe. doesn't count as a conference game. Though. No, but I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Uh, maybe the roadie against NC. Maybe the roadie against Pitt. Roadie Pitt. Roadie NC State. Is, is NC State on the road or? Well, there's a, this stretch right here. Louisville plays NC State on the road. Notre Dame they host, and then on the road at Pitt. That that's a stretch. That's yeah, that's a stretch where they could struggle. Okay. Michigan, on the other hand, there's no stretch. It's not a stretch where you're like, ooh. Minnesota could maybe if it's at night. Row the boat. Row the. Well, I mean, it's like Iowa. Iowa's yeah. never well, any good, but they host a game 8 p.m. on a Saturday night. Well, it's going to be close. Iowa sometimes is good, but but but. Uh, well, yeah, their defense could be elite. You know. Yeah, they just it's the race to ten. They, but Iowa's got a quarterback this year, so all of a sudden it gets interesting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Tough call, guys. You decide. Seems to me that's a coin flip. Who has the easier schedule between Michigan yeah. and Louisville? And Michigan's in the Big Ten. And we were saying that Louisville had a joke of a schedule, and it's it's a close one. It's a close one. Duke uh, might rise up and beat Louisville. I'm calling it now. That's at Louisville. Could rise up. That's why they got to rise. <laughs> rise to the challenge. <laughs> Chef Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Up on the Jeff Cameron show. I need it to be libations Friday soon. <laughs> <laughs> so Ira wrote a piece on warchant.com. Go check that out. Off-season weight gains and losses for players. <laughs> and uh led by redshirt freshman offensive lineman Jalen Early, who has apparently made a dramatic body transformation. More than 40 Florida State football players have seen significant changes to their weights, according to Seminoles newly released 2023 media yep. guide. So early, by the way, has dropped 25 pounds, now listed at 299, six foot four. All right. Good job, Jim. Uh, so there's no other real extremes, and we can go through these. In fact, Ira does a good job of laying it out there for you. We can look at the changes of at least 10 pounds, for example. Mm-hmm. And Tom and I have decided to play a little game of yay or nay, good or bad. Yep, yep, all right. Yes or no, that kind of thing here. Um, things are looking up <laughs> if you wanted to when you could hit the sound bite back in the day, or we could go, no, no, that's not good. It's not what you do. Uh, let's start with Biscuit. For whatever reason, Marquiston Douglas is up 11 pounds <laughs> to 285 pounds. I've got a theory on this. Okay, so do I, but go ahead. You don't like it, first of all, right? It's I too don't. Much. No, that's yeah. no. That's a no. I agree. That's a no. So Robert Scott last year checked in at camp at some ridiculous weight, like 328, 338. Mm-hmm. It was something big. Because they lose weight in camp. And that was the design. That's yeah. what they told him to do. They yeah. told him to put on extra weight all because right. as the season goes along and as it starts, they want him to be arriving at the right weight instead of, by the end of the year, being too light. Right. I'm going to guess that's what's going on here with Biscuit. It's got to be. 
I mean, he was 275. Were they worried he was going to get to 268 or 267? I mean, that's a big tight end. It is. Either way, it's a big tight end. Literally. I have a different theory. I have a theory that his future may be as an NFL tackle. He's got really good feet. And if he is able to sustain 285, you're not far away from being 300 pounds. Who knows? Uh, It's a reach on my part. That's a reach. But it's not. I mean, why would they care about him getting? Listen. Well, look, with with Jaheim Bell now in the fold, you can specialize him as an end-of-the-line glorified sixth blocker. You could do that. I don't know that he's that adept at it, but yeah, maybe maybe I'm I'm probably really wrong on this. It's just interesting. Um, okay, Shaheen Brown, six two two zero five. He was originally listed at two seventeen. I like it. That's fine. Two zero five is good for a safety. I guess. Nice, nah, speedier. That's fine. All right, go make some plays on the ball. Uh, my guy, the guy who this guy predicted would be, in fact, a linebacker, Brian Courtney, checks in at six three two thirty eight, gained ten pounds. And that's what I'm talking about, Brian Courtney. Let's go in there and bust some heads at linebacker, baby. Yeah, that's that's the proper way. You don't want he's. I think he's going to be more of a thumper than he is a sideline to sideline guy. So you want to match that. If you want a linebacker sideline to sideline, get me two twenty five or lighter. If you want somebody who can run up and stuff something, two thirty five plus is where you want to be. Jarrell Powers, the forgotten tight end on this roster, is down eleven pounds to two thirty six. Agreed. Good move right there. He's got to get quicker. He's got to get quicker. Still a project, and you've got a lot of talented players ahead of him. You better get it together this year, though, because Landon Thomas is on the way, man. It's getting uh, it's getting dark early, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, getting late. Getting late early, as they say. Uh, Keandre Jones is up 10 pounds to Why? a whopping 332 pounds. Why? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I, it's hard to envision a guy 6'3", needing to gain weight from 322 to 332 this is a player that i really like and i want to succeed he's cerebral as hell his mind matches alex atkins to a t you can tell the way he thinks the game but he's not athletic the way that alex atkins likes his lineman to be athletic correct correct. so what gives here you would think if he was going to try to become more athletic to match alex atkins scheme he would be losing weight not down to 310 instead of right I mean, he's carried big, 318. Yeah, he's a big guy. I, I, I don't know the reason for that either. Maybe he just killed it in the weight room. I mean, look, could maybe be. he could have. He could just and it could be the- a Robert Scott thing. Like, you know, so he's building up the strength. They know the fat's going to burn off a little bit, and he'll play at that 315 to 325 it, range. Yeah, it's it could possible. be. Yeah. He's a good player. Uh, DeMarco Ward is up 10 pounds, needed to be. He's playing linebacker, get him up to 227. I yeah, like good. that weight gain right there. That's a potentially good player. He was the guy most often in spring where I said, that's a good play. Who is that again? And it's DeMarco Ward. He had a decent spring, I thought. Rapid fire. We got a lot of guys here. Let's do this. I find this fascinating. Julian Armella is now down to 320 pounds. But he carries 320 as well as they get. I mean, he he's lost eight pounds. He was 328 prior. 6'6", 320. This guy should push for starting playing time this year. Not saying he'll get it. Yeah. He should. Yeah, I guess that means that they profile him as more of a tackle because mm-hmm. he could play either, man. He's so athletic. He is. That dude yeah. is cr- – I mean, he carried that weight, and Byers was faster because Byers is a freak. But Julian could get out in space and run, man. So he's going to be even quicker. Uh, Ashlyn Barker is up six pounds, six three two oh six tight end. Jaheim Bell is up six pounds. I like that, six he's three two thirty nine. Two thirty nine. Wow. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. 
Uh, hey, Petro Cypress added some weight. Six foot, 187. He needs to show up and play well. Preston Daniel is down six pounds, whatever. Defensive back. Akeem <laughs> He's still going to catch four or five touchdowns <laughs> this year. <laughs> Akeem Den is down four pounds to 191. I don't get that, but all right. Ja'Kai Douglas is down four pounds. Don't get that, but all right. Demetri Emanuel is up nine pounds. Okay. He was already pretty boxy at 62309. <laughs> I haven't heard the term boxy in, in a while. Pretty yeah, boxy. That, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Braden Fisk is down eight pounds. That's interesting. Love it. Carries it so well. He's 6'5", 297. I love that because he is like Dennis Briggs. Yeah, you move him in and out. You're gonna, yeah. And they said that when he came in. He yeah. said it about his game. That's good. Keep him more agile. Uh, Brock Glenn, quarterback, up four pounds. Good. 6'2", 213. He's got uh, the figure, I think, to put on the weight. I'm fine with that. Conrad Hussey is up. Uh, five pounds to uh, 195 pounds. Even back six foot. That's nine, getting five. from high school to college weight room. Too. Yep. Daryl Jackson, if he plays, let's cross our fingers. Certainly that that is the case. He's up eight pounds. Why? I don't know why, but he carried the weight he had, uh, which was 326 or whatever. He looked great in the uh, spring. That's, I, I yeah. think he'll still look good at 334. He's a Greek god. He just needs to be eligible. Uh, Jerry and Jones is down seven pounds to six one one ninety one. Don't know why, but all right. Let maybe just speed. Could be. Quindarius Jones is down nine pounds. Went from two hundred to one ninety one. Hmm. That's fascinating. Hmm. He looked lean to me. Didn't... Me too. Yeah. Kevin Knowles has gained weight five pounds up five eleven one eighty seven. That makes sense. He was hurt all last year, so I'm sure that affected the weight room. Muscle, yeah. DJ Lundy is up eight pounds six one two forty four. Is he just going to be a fullback or what? what <laughs> This is interesting. Goal line. Um, Goal line linebacker. Both ways, goal line. Offensive line, Daughtry Richardson up six pounds. He's 316 pounds, but he's 6'5". Carries it. Andre Otto up six pounds, 6'5", 326. Uh, Let's get down here some of the bigger names. Robert Scott is up nine pounds, 6'5", 313. Fine with it. That tells me that he's healthy enough to hit the weight room. You know, that's still going to be light for him. That's, I think that's a little too light for him. But it if is. you're putting on weight, that means that your your injury is in a place where you can go and, and put on some density again. Good for him. I'm interested. Thomas Schrader down seven pounds. Uh, I don't know how much Thomas Schrader is going to play. He got Kept passed. waiting on him. He did get passed, but he's in there working, man. Is there a Thomas is up six pounds, 6'2", 194. Good. Got the frame for he it. He needed it. Byron Turner up pounds, too. That's good. He has the frame for it, 6'4", 244. Greedy Vance is down to 170. Size was never his game. He's quick and shifty at 5'11", mm-hmm. 170. Jared Verse of 7 pounds, 6'4", 260. Looking like that. 260. It's hard to believe. I don't know. I'm fine with it. This is, is one of those things. Speed. Okay, yeah, but this is one of those things. When he goes to the combine next year, what's he, he actually going to weigh? 238. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a 238, 242. I agree. Uh, yeah. Darius Washington is up 6 pounds, 6'4", 306. And then Hakeem Williams is down seven pounds. Good. <laughs> he probably lost that in spring. <laughs> I think Hakeem's down 17 pounds, but all right. 62208. He came in here looking like a tight end. It was not quite Kelvin Benjamin year mm-hmm. one where I'm like, oh my God, he's oh. got a pot belly. Yeah, we were blown away by that. Yeah. We like, that guy's going to be starting as a tackle. He could, he could be the Buddha or, or Carmelo <laughs> at, at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, good Lord. That was hilarious. Time for probables. Let's do this thing. Cue it up. Let's hear it. Nationals, Peter Lambert, Jake Urban, Marlins, Rays, Sandy Alcantara. Oh, wow. Alcantara, man. Zach Eflin, who was dealing the other day against the Orioles. 
Royals, Guardians, Alec Marsh, TBD, Mariners, Twins. We got Bryce Miller, Joe Ryan, Reds, Brewers, Ben Lively, Freddie Peralta, Cardinals, D-backs, Jack Flaherty, only Flaherty, TBD. Pirates, Padres, Pirates, taking down the Padres last night while I was sleeping. Johanna Beto goes for the Buccos. He's been bad. Seth Luka goes for the Padres. We have Pirates lost, folks. Blue Jays, Dodgers. Tony Gonsolin goes for the Dodgers. <laughs> Jeff Ross did an interview next to us <laughs> with 1010XL. I hope he heard that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he did, in fact. Orioles, Phillies, Kyle Bradish, Rangers, Suarez, Angels, Tigers, Patrick Sandoval, Michael Lorenzen, Mets, Yankees, Jose Quintana, Carlos Rodon, Braves, Red Sox, Spencer Strider. Feels like you should say traffic people. Brian. Brian Bello. Uh, two tight pants family there for Spencer Strider, man. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got some Robbie Ray syndrome to him right there. Rangers, Astros, Andrew Haney, Fromber Valdez. Cubs, White Sox, Mark Stone, and Lance Lynn. And Robbie Scott. Oh, Robbie Scott here was insane. That was criminal. Criminal Robbie Scott. It's all porn every time he took the hill. It was terrible. A's, Giants, Hogan Harris. Great name. Hogan Harris. Brother. Be in a sitcom. That's the new one. Giants, DVD. <laughs> that is the new one. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. And I got to say... Take it over there to Power Mill, kids. Get in those camps. Learn how to swing. Pick up the baseball. It's going to be it. We're back from Charlotte. And I'm going to sleep the sleep of the dead. And I'll be all right. We'll be good to go. Our thanks to Matthew. Our thanks to Ben. Our thanks to 93.3. Our thanks to you. My thanks to Tom and everybody here in Charlotte. Peace.